0: pats pulpit podcast all right hello everybody and welcome to the pats pulpit podcast i am alex shane here with you on this football preview thursday getting ready to kick off one hell of a week in the nfl with this epic jets colts matchup tonight on Thursday night, <laughs> breaking down that game and Patriots-Panthers and all other things football with my good buddy Rich Hill. Rich, how are you, man?
1: I am doing well. I'm doing well. I am ready for the back half of the season. I know we're technically not in the second half yet. We'll be there around halftime, but uh, I'm ready for it. I think we're, we're finally starting to see some Patriots football. The offense is turning a corner in my mind, uh, and I'm ready for the second half of the season to really, really tell us how the Patriots stand.
0: Yes, indeed. There's a couple statement games coming up, a couple opportunities to make some moves in the NFL playoff picture, starting with a back-to-back road win, ideally against the Panthers, coming up this Sunday at 1 p.m. Before that, Rich, as always, let's go around the league, talk about any games that excite us. Um, this is a classic Rich Hill statement where I'm looking at, on paper, there are very few intriguing matchups here. Again, I oh, think yeah. Colts-Jets is going to be a stinker. Raiders-Giants, yeah. Bears-Steelers could be a snoozer. Packers-Chiefs would have been good, but Rodgers will not be playing, so we're missing out on that. The one thing I'm really curious about, Rich, i love your take on it, The one game I'm going to be watching most closely, other than the Patriots-Panthers game, is the Titans-Rams game on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Titans are now without Derrick Henry. Rams are one of the better teams in the NFC. I think how the Titans respond without Henry against a good team like this goes a long way towards indicating whether or not they'll be serious contenders come the end of the season.
1: I completely agree. I, I completely agree. Um, is this a Titans team that can rally around despite losing their offensive MVP uh, or are they done? Uh, They signed Adrian Peterson who they hope will be ready to play this week, who who knows Um, but my mind and what I actually hope will happen is with this Titans offense I hope they start airing it out I hope that A.J. Brown, Julio Jones Ryan Tannehill can take this offense to the next level. I think that they as an offense were relying understandably on Derrick Henry no one was able to stop him uh, and it's a way to grind down opposing teams but this is a roster that can be and is built to compete with teams through the air and so how Tannehill and this passing offense responds will really really I agree with you tell us whether the Titans will be able to compete within the conference uh, or if they're just going to fall off at the end because I, I think that they have the talent to compete it's more a matter of do they uh do they want to uh do and like change their identity completely halfway through the season right now they are the number one seed in the afc the only team with six wins uh but will they be able to sustain it this is absolutely the the hardest challenge that they will face uh the rams they just acquired von miller Um, this is this is a team that is all in on trying to win this year
0: it is. And the Rams have are at home. It's a prime time game. I feel like this has to make into a blowout. But again, you're absolutely right. How the Titans respond will go a long way. Uh, speaking on kind of the opposite of the spectrum, the other best team in the AFC, the Buffalo Bills are traveling to Jacksonville to play the vaunted Jaguars. <laughs> anyway in hell the Jags win this game, Rich.
1: No, not at all. Not yeah. at all. I mean, it's Josh Allen versus Josh Allen. The only way that the Bills lose this game is if Trevor Lawrence ascends to the next level, Uh, it's not going to happen. This is a terrible Jaguars team. This is a very good Bills team. Uh, The Bills currently rank first in both uh, points and allowed and uh, against, which is, I believe, the fourth time in NFL history that teams have reached the midway point as number one in both. So uh, this is a historically good Bills team, a historically balanced team and uh, the Jaguars are not the team to disrupt that. The the teams that have given the, the Bills the most trouble are the Steelers, where they won in Week 1, and then the Titans, uh, where they won in a shootout. Those happened because, uh, for the sake of the Titans, they stopped the Bills' rushing attack. And for the sake of the Steelers, uh, they, they stopped their passing attack and did not turn the ball over. This is the only game all year that a team did not turn the ball over I don't see that happening with the Jaguars here. They are prone to mistakes. They are also not great against the run, and the the Bills have really balanced their roster. And so I think that Buffalo has this one pretty easily.
0: I agree with you. There's just no way. I don't see it happening, which means the Patriots are going to have to keep winning in order to keep up with them to possibly chase down an AFC East crown. Still an uphill battle there. But to do that, they'll have to continue their winning ways on the road as they travel down to Carolina To face a Panthers team, Rich, that as of this conversation, this Thursday afternoon talk, faces a lot of uncertainty at two of the most important positions quarterback and running back. Both Christian McCaffrey and Sam Darnold were at practice on Wednesday, both were limited. Darnold's in concussion protocol McCaffrey coming back from another hamstring injury their availability is very much up in the air for Sunday's game and I don't know if you're the Patriots how you really game plan for a Panthers team where you don't know who's gonna be behind center or at running back if you are McDaniels or Belichick or Steve Belichick Are you going to go ahead and assume Darnold's going to play? Are you going to have the same kind of strategy no matter what? What's your approach to this game, knowing the uncertainty of these positions, Rich?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, that's a very fair question, especially because at quarterback, Sam Darnold and P.J. Walker couldn't be more different. Uh, Walker is a true athlete. He is a a running quarterback. He's also not accurate. Uh, This season, he has 15 attempts, and he's completed three of those passes. So he has a 20% completion rate that said he is a mobile threat. I know that the, the Panthers have used Sam Darnold in that capacity more so than he was with the jets. He has five touchdowns on the ground, which leads the roster. Um, but that said, even if Donald were able to return, I would expect them to be a little bit more careful with using him in his mobile capacity. And so they are very different quarterbacks. I think P.J. Walker is actually the type of quarterback that gives Bill Belichick a little bit more fits because he can extend plays. And uh, while he's a high volatility kind of player, you know, either home run or strikeout. Those are the types of players that give the Patriots fits because they they make plays outside of the standard tempo of the play. And So if I were the Patriots, I'd probably rather play Sam Darnold versus P.J. Walker. That said, uh, neither of them are very good. Uh, Darnold is playing very poorly after his very hot start to the season. And uh, PJ Walker is just not a lot to to be concerned about otherwise. And so both of them won't be as much of a concern for the Patriots compared to the other player that you were mentioning, Christian McCaffrey, who if he returns, I would expect to be in very limited capacity because I think Chubba Hubbard has been doing a very good job in uh, reserve form. But both of them, uh, Chubba Hubbard as well as McCaffrey, would be who, if I were... Uh, Gerard Mayo, and Steve Belichick. That's who I'd be giving most of my focus to.
0: So we're stopping the run, putting a hat on the hat in the secondary, and forcing the Panthers to beat them through the air. I think that makes sense. Uh, I'm looking at the Panthers roster right now, and there really isn't a receiving threat that scares me, other than Robbie Anderson, because I have, like, Jets nostalgia <laughs> for his time there he was always like the fourth option on the Jets and he would give them fits at times so and they locked everybody out but I'm looking at DJ Moore who's a big guy but not overly super talented Terrence Marshall Air- Alex Aronson, Robbie Anderson and Shy Smith I-, I don't think this is a receiving core that really scares anybody
1: yeah I mean I So for me personally, I love D.J. Moore. I know that he definitely benefits a lot from uh, just being the guy in the offense. You know, he has 30 more targets than anyone else. Uh, But really, the offense, the passing game goes through D.J. Moore and Robbie Anderson. Uh, There has just been not a good place for Anderson in this offense, despite I agree with you. I think Anderson has a lot of potential. He's just not been thriving with them this year. Uh, Perhaps the Darnold-Anderson to connection is just... Not what is—it's just never going to happen. Stop trying to make it happen. But Moore has back-to-back thousand-yard seasons. Uh, you know, twelve hundred and fifteen yards in 1,215 yards in, in twenty twenty. Uh, he, he is someone that can be, and he's on pace to replicate that. So, if I were the Patriots, uh, I would be a little concerned with J.C. Jackson currently not practicing due to being sick. Because if if I am structuring how I would approach this, I would say. Absolutely what you said earlier, focus on stopping the run and try and make the Panthers win through the air. Uh, and so uh, I'll go over my X factor a little bit later. Um, but when I'm looking at the secondary, I would say JC Jackson should get the matchup against DJ Moore. Uh, I, I would personally put uh Uh, Jawan Williams with safety help and coverage of Robbie Anderson use that big height there uh, and then have Jalen Mills come out and cover uh, Terrence Marshall or whoever else will be getting opportunities there at that wide receiver spot because they are most likely being asked to play inside and out Um, alternatively you put Jalen Mills in safety coverage in cover of Moore as well as uh, JC Jackson in isolation against Robbie Anderson because historically that's how the Patriots have have played uh, Anderson in the past They, they had Stephon Gilmore shadow him over the past few years, and so it might be a very Belichick move to just say, have our number one corner uh, in isolation against Anderson and try to give as much support as you can against Moore.
0: Yeah, that second is where I'd go, Rich, I think. I think DJ Moore's too good a receiver for a one-on-one uh, in in the Patriots system, especially getting safety help. There's kind of a drop-off now with Jonathan Jones out for the year and Stefan Gilmore on the Panthers for that to really take place so I, I definitely put maybe Jalen Mills maybe even Jawan Williams with some safety help on more because the, the size matchup and then I think JC Jackson even though he does um does get dwarfed by Robbie a bit because Robbie's like 6'4 big dude but I think he's a more talented cornerback than Anderson is a receiver and I can I don't really care who you put on the other receivers because I agree with you it's not really going to be much of a of a matchup here which is I'm very curious to see uh what the Patriots do with my defensive x-factor which is going to be Kyle Duggar Kyle oh, Duggar is a great, yeah, he's a he's a very effective against tight end coverage. I think he's better matchup on neither Colin Thompson or uh, or Ian Thomas is the other one I believe. And as a run support, run stuffing guy, I can see them using him a lot more in the box than they have in, in weeks past, where he had to be more of a coverage safety. I think he kind of really gets some some solid run thumper hits, maybe some gap blitzes up the middle, and make the running back thing twice about going up there when that Duggar's out there. So I'm mean, going hopefully he's a big game on on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I like that. I mean, I I think that there is a lot of potential uh, for Duggar to make some plays. I I think that he has been really ascending. He might uh, have a case for being the best safety on the roster with how McCourty's been playing. Um, I know Phillips is coming off of a really strong game, uh, but I think Duggar's been the most consistent safety for the Patriots all season. And so I I think that him playing well makes sense, because this is a roster that definitely does rely on uh, having – a couple tight ends out there. So both Ian Thomas and Tommy Tremble have played a lot for them. Uh, And, you know, when they are such a run-heavy team, you need to have some thumpers out there. Uh, That's, for me, why my X-Factor is going to be Dante Hightower. I think Belichick was singing Hightower's praises uh, as being just a consistent player for them. That said, I don't think he's been playing at his typical level. Uh, And I, I think we are at the point in the year where the rust needs to come off. Uh, Hightower has not been making the game changing plays that we know him for and I think that against this Panthers offense that is so run reliant that Hightower needs to have a few big plays for me to feel confident in him uh, moving forward but also just Uh, because the Patriots need it. They need to have bigger plays against the run. I think Lawrence Sky, Christian Barmore, and Matt Judon have been great up front, uh, but it's those players at that second level that need to make plays in order to stifle any rushing attack. And so Hightower will be up there with Bentley and Kyle Van Noy to be making plays, um, but Hightower as that captain, as the one calling the shots in there, he's going to be my X factor. If he has a great game, I think that the Patriots win this one
0: right away. I hope so, Rich, cause, yeah, he really has underwhelmed this season. I know he's a team captain, a team leader, a locker room guy. I just think also it's just easier if you're a younger player and a rookie and somebody who's not experienced in the Patriots system to listen and buy into a player like that when he's delivering on the field as well. So there could really be a trickle-down effect in, in how he plays versus maybe the words he's uh, espousing on the, on the sidelines in the locker room carries over as the team continues to gel. Because defensively they are very much an up-and-down unit, and if they can't stop the run – On Sunday, it's going to be a very, very long day for them. Uh, It could also be a very, very long day for them if Stephon Gilmore decides to have a revenge game as a (laughs) cornerback against rookie Mac Jones. I'm very curious to see how that works out. Uh, The good news is, I think the Patriots match up pretty well against the Panthers defensively, given their high powered running game, their safe, effective short passing game with the occasional deep shot down the field. It does seem to be the blueprint for beating the Panthers. Overall, though, this could also be a scenario where Mac Jones is a little too confident riding high from big time statement road win and he gets tricked by a very smart secondary
1: yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be a very big risk because, yes, Gilmore will be out there trying to make plays. This is also a Panthers team that is very good up front. Hassan Reddick uh, has seven and a half sacks. He's one of the, the most productive pass rushers in the league this year. Uh, you add in a, a few stronger players up front with Brian Burns, who's uh, contributing on the edge there, a young player, really good pass rusher, uh, as well as some just like other just reliable pl- players up in the middle. Uh, Derek Brown has been playing well for them up in the middle of the field. Uh, Daquan Jones is a reliable veteran. I I think that with that pass rush, uh, the Patriots will need their offensive line to be in their best possible form because we've seen what Mac Jones can do, what this Patriots offense can do when they have a reliable offensive line. They've really solidified that since they've moved Michael and Wainu to the right tackle position. And so I hope that they're going to continue doing that because this has been the best the offense has been. Uh, pro Football Focus, for, for their metrics, say that Mac Jones and Damian Harris have been number one in their position uh, over the past four weeks uh, in the entire league. And so what they've been doing on offense has been working. And so this is a difficult Panthers defensive front, but I think that the Patriots are pretty well set up to both run the ball against them and also have some success through the air.
0: So do you think, Rich, given the stoutness of the Panthers' run defense, that it's going to be more of a a passing attack, or is it virtually as usual, a lot of runs, big sets, short passes, the occasional deep shot that the Patriots used to get the Chargers on Sunday last week?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a hard one. So when you look at this Panthers team, they rank 22nd in the league in rushing yards allowed per game. So they are not a strong run defense. They rank third in in adjusted passing. So they are a very strong pass defense. Uh, Where else do they top rank? They're number two in yards allowed, uh, number five in points allowed. Number one in time of possession allowed, uh, but they also rank 30th in opposing starting field position. So the Patriots, uh, they're going to have a difficult time here uh, moving the ball because this is a good Panthers team. Uh, A lot of this is residual, of course, from a very hot start to the season. Uh, 14 points allowed to the Jets, seven to the Saints, nine to the Texans. The teams that have had success against them are the Cowboys uh, and the Vikings those are two teams where you look at what they did 245 rushing yards for the Cowboys 198 for the Vikings so if I am the Patriots I'm looking at this saying let's run the ball this is a Damian Harris game he is my x-factor I think that the offensive line needs to have a a strong performance like they have been they don't need to do anything more but Harris needs to continue his hot streak uh, and, and I think that this Panthers defense gives them an opportunity to do so
0: do you see a big game in all, Rich Hill, for Ramondre Stevenson as kind of a grind him out back? I feel like he hasn't really had a, a breakout game yet, partly because Damian Harris is playing so well, partly because Brandon Bolden's a better blocking back in terms of blitz pickup and screens and whatnot. But I'm still waiting for a big Ramondre Stevenson game where – they need like a five-minute drive, and they just give it to Stevenson over and over again. Reminiscent of that Miami Dolphins game back in 2012 or so, where the Patriots ran it for eight minutes straight. with think of Steven Ridley at that point. Maybe I'm I'm mistaking my running backs, but I think Romondre Stevenson is due this week. Or might to have to wait another week for that one.
1: I mean, I, I think that would just depend on the the game script. If it's a close game, I think Harris will stay out there. If the Patriots have run away with a score, then yeah, absolutely. I think Stevenson makes sense as that fourth quarter kind of run out the clock, just make the opposing team just defeated mentally kind of a player. You know, there, there's nothing more disheartening for a defense than to have been out on the field they're losing they've have a lot of time of possession against them so they've been playing a lot and then you have a fresh 245 pound running back just coming out after you that's just demoralizing if if the patriots are able to convert a couple short down plays uh then i I think that they'll be able to keep grinding it out just from a mental capacity but I, i think that harris will be the guy unless the patriots start running away with this game
0: so what about the secondary, If We talked about Stefan Gilmore. Do you think he's going to be on Jacoby Myers? You see the guy that's going to be marked out. I imagine whoever draws Gilmore is not going to have a very big day. He's that good of a corner, even though he is older and coming off that injury. So it's time for maybe Kendrick Bourne to step up. Maybe Nikhil Harry gets more involved. He had a whopping two catches last week. Maybe he makes it three <laughs> this time. Is it a big day for the tight end? If you are going to attack through the air and the running game's not working for whatever reason, how are you doing it?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think that this is a pretty balanced uh, Panthers secondary. They have a really good safety in Jeremy Chin. Uh, they have a good young cornerback in Dante Jackson. So I, I think that they're pretty well balanced out there. Um, I would say that a lot of the running backs coming out of the backfield might have more of an opportunity just because of how banged up the, the Panthers have been at that second level. Um, and so I, I would imagine that would kind of relay to the uh, the tight ends having a little bit more production. But I honestly, I think the way that the Patriots have been playing offense this year, you know, Jacoby Myers, 426 yards, Kendrick Bourne, 416 yards, and Nelson Aguilar, 340 yards, Hunter Henry, 297 and four touchdowns you're going to get a pretty spread out offense. I don't see the Patriots picking one player in particular, and there's not as glaring of a matchup in this Panthers secondary that really jumps out as a uh, Patriots should really pick on this player in particular. Um, I think that Gilmore, who, who is just starting to you know find his footing with the Panthers, I don't know if there is necessarily that trust within that Panthers team to just like say, here's your matchup against Jacoby Myers. I could see it. I wouldn't be like fully surprised if they did decide to do that just because I think Gilmore is also the type of person who's just like hey I want to match up on their number one guy Um, but that said I don't fully know I I don't know I I think that uh, this Panthers team focuses primarily on rushing the quarterback Uh, I think Phil Snow their defensive coordinator learned a lot from Rod Marinelli Steve Mariucci and they do a lot of uh, pass rush play up front and just that their secondary is able to piece it together and they've had a lot of success with that and so uh, that's why I don't think that the Patriots are going to try and hone in on anyone in particular but they'll dedicate a lot of their offensive resources to stopping the pass rush and then allowing the plays to develop for a player to break free because I don't think that this is a secondary that is built to sustain themselves if Mac Jones and the offensive line is able to get you know two and a half seconds in the pocket.
0: That would be nice. He is good at distributing the ball, which I love about him. Every single week it seems like seven or eight receivers have at least one catch or on multiple catches. Uh weird question to ask Rich Hill, and I haven't quite made the commitment just yet. I'm kind of putting some feelers out. Would it be wild for somebody like me to maybe make my X factor for the offense Brandon Bolden this no, week? Not as at a all. third down back, as a quick outlet back, as a guy who's good in the screen game. I feel like this could be a great band to Brandon Bolden game.
1: I agree. I don't, I, I think that is a great call. All right. So Brandon Bolden, let's, let's talk through this right now. Brandon Bolden has 20 catches for 162 yards and one touchdown. He is one catch away from tying his career high from back in 2013. He is 18 yards away and one touchdown away from matching his yards and touchdown high from 2015. Uh, absolutely. I think Bolden for, for all of the, the, the kind of grievance that we give him for just being a not good runner when there's multiple very good runners on the roster. He's like a surprisingly good receiving back. You know, he he's a back that you get the ball to and he'll break out for a 25 yard play. And you'd be like, huh, I didn't expect that. But like you do it every (laughs) game. So like, I, I think that yes, he's not James White out there and no, he's not Christian McCaffrey out there. But if if you were to tell me that based off of this Panthers linebacker core, based on the pass rush and the Patriots likely desire to get the ball out super quickly, uh, if you were to tell me that Brandon Bolden finished the game uh, against Shaq Thompson and like his foot injury, if Brandon Bolden had five catches for 80 yards and a score, I'd be like, I see that. I, I see that uh, as a very much a realistic stat
0: line. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I like Brandon Bolden. I've been saying the same thing all season. They just got to stop using him on third and short. That's all I'm asking for. I do not want to see him get the ball on like a delayed draw on third and one. Because he's not going to make that. But he's good in the screen game. He's good in blitz pickup. He's been... An- Adequate fill in for James. He's definitely no James White, you're right. But I can see this being a game. Of, if the Panthers are in the backfield a lot, they gotta switch to a lot of quick screens and bubble screens, he could really be a guy. Uh again, I don't know, but uh, I'm going with him. He's my X Factor. Love it. Um
1: that said, uh, Alec, when you look up and down this Patriots roster, uh and you, you see how, you know, Kendrick Bourne was kind of benched a little bit for Nikhil Harry last week you know there, there there hasn't been in my mind a takeover game you know like I feel like in years past there's been like Edelman goes for 150 yards and a touchdown or Gronkowski would get 180 yards and three scores or you know James White would have 150 yards from sc- scrimmage in a score we haven't really had that this year right so when you look up and down this Patriots roster you're talking about Brandon Bolden being x-factor I completely like that one if we're talking about one individual player breaking this game open, who do you think it would be for
0: the Patriots? Well, I think there's two ways you can answer that question, Rich. One, in terms of just like the mismatchability, the talent ability, looking at the matches across the secondary, who'd be covering him, what they can do with him creatively. I think the answer to that is probably Johnny Smith. As a tight end as a running back out of the backfield some 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 hitch screens, uh, he could really open the game up and be the kind of guy that they just can't seem to figure out if they can get him going early. He's not quite a receiver, not quite a tight end. He's very versatile, I think he matches up well against the Panthers. The Patriots use a lot of tight ends more than they have in the last couple of seasons since Gronk tired. I can really see him doing that. Uh, the other way you can flip this is maybe somebody like Nelson Aguilar as a pure deep threat to bust the game wide open with a couple of deep passes that if they connect, maybe one goes for a score or enough go for for positive yardage that the Panthers have to kind of alter defensive strategy. And that allows maybe John Smith again to go nuts over the middle or really over to the running game. I feel like Aguilar could have one of those, you know, like four catch, 120 yard two touchdown games he's that kind of receiver so i think we can go one or two ways that way i like that
1: i mean i I don't disagree i think that like aglor just based off of how his role is in the offense as that potential home run player does make sense uh for being a possible option for that i think just yeah one of the challenges is that there's not a very clear uh person who has done that before so i'm not sure i think i would love for johnny smith to do it but Again, i I just have such a hard time seeing uh, the any of the the Patriots like relying or focusing on him enough to do that. My guess slash my gut is that you look at the different positions. Running backs don't have a lot of success against this against this Panthers defense. Tight ends have slightly more, but also not a lot of good production against this team. I think that it definitely has to be the wide receiver spot, even though they've also not been super productive. I think you have to go down the depth chart. I think you have to go look at who is that number three player in that. And so that's why either if it's going to be Bourne, who I think has – like been the closest to being a breakout player, uh, or it, honestly, uh, and I'm totally gonna regret saying this, like Nikhil Harry, based oh. on the fact that not that I think he'll get like a hundred yards, but because of how the Patriots have stalled in the red zone so much that they need to find someone to be productive down there, and if they're not going to run the ball on the goal line, uh, because you know I imagine the Panthers will try and stack the box, and the Patriots will say, all right, let's pass the ball. They need to have someone step up on the outside. And if, if you were to tell me also that this is the game where Nikhil Harry had four targets for 10 yards and two scores, I would say, yeah, yeah, I'm glad that he finally broke out.
0: I mean, honestly, I might have to, if it keeps going the way it's going, I might have to put a a quarter fade to Jacoby Myers in the Brandon Bolden on third and one play call camp, the gulag, (laughs) because it's just not something you should do. That's why they drafted Nikhil Harry. I'd love to see that. If if, if he can be the Chris Carter, all he does is catch touchdowns rock on uh and while we're talking about receivers kind of a pivot here Rich uh nothing happened at the trade deadline on tuesday we talked about some possible targets the pats might go for we both didn't think they would and they didn't but one player who's been released kind of at the back end of his career belichick loves him deshaun jackson do you see any fit with him as like a home run deep threat to go nelson aguilar with some empty wide receiver packages or is he just too old and too slow and just really kind of move on
1: yeah, I mean, like I wouldn't be surprised if they brought him in for a workout. I also wouldn't be surprised if a different team did as well. That like, perhaps, maybe he's more familiar with, or you know, like the Chiefs will be like, sure, Deshaun Jackson, come join us. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be surprised because they need help on offense, and they likely would be willing to pay more. Uh, the Patriots don't have a lot of cap space, and I think Deshaun Jackson at this point in his career uh, might just be going for a ring. Might just—I uh, I, I don't know what, necessarily what he would be going for, but I—I I wouldn't be surprised if he on to a team that just has a a quarterback that just bombs away as often as possible so i know belichick likes him as a player i wouldn't be surprised if they were interested and like expressed like hey you want to come in here on a veteran minimum would you be willing to do that maybe you can like compete for time but i i just don't see necessarily enough to say okay the Patriots. Will Deshaun Jackson be notably better than Nelson Aguilar, who has been very reliably a starter for this team? Uh, He's come off of back-to-back 50-plus yard weeks um outside of that game against the cowboys i feel like uh he's been pretty reliable since the bucks game for getting you know 50-ish yards adjusted you know whether it's 50 yards or 30 yards in a score uh i think he's been pretty reliable on that count as like a good number two person uh behind jacoby myers and i just don't see deshaun jackson coming out here and being a better option than Aguilar.
0: Gone are the days, Rich, where a veteran looking to chase a ring wants to go to the Patriots. Alas, just you had a good run with that, but you're probably right. It's going to be somebody else for a while. I don't think so either, but I like Deshaun Jackson. If they're looking for somebody who can break the game open, he still is really fast. He still is a deep threat. Uh, something to monitor, at least, as these couple days go on. Well, Rich, uh, anything else you want to talk about, or we get the predictions? Let's go on to predictions. All right, so this is an interesting scenario because we both had the Patriots beating the Chargers. Uh, you had a 33-30 to 30 victory, which is the margin of victory for point differentiation. I had a 27-20 victory, so I was farther away, but I got the Patriots score exactly correct. I'm not exactly sure how to call it. Uh, but I think tie goes to the offense in football, and that means I picked the Jets week, so I'm going to pick this week uh, right. for no reason other than that. I think the Patriots win this game. I do. Uh, this is a classic example of a bad offense against a good defense in the Panthers versus Patriots, and then a good offense versus maybe a good defense in Patriots-Panthers. So it should be a really low-scoring game. Uh, because of that, I think it's going to be a shootout because this is always those games that happen like do one, <laughs> one, you expect a really low-scoring where the defense plays well and the offense can't move the ball on either side. There's points, 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 points. So I said the Patriots win this one with a game that's actually closer than the final score indicates due to way the last drive score by New England to put it away. But Pats take this one 30 to 17.
1: Ooh, interesting. Okay, I like that. So I have, I have a few thoughts here. One, the Patriots are currently one of five teams that rank in the top 10 of both offense and defense as it relates to points. Uh, you have the Cowboys, you have the Cardinals, you have the Bills, the Bengals, and the Patriots. To me, this says that the Patriots are a much better team than their record indicates. I think we've seen that. like They've been a hair away from beating two of the top teams in the NFC. Uh, there's no reason why the Patriots shouldn't be 7-1, uh, and one, essentially, at this point in time, other than they fall on their own face. I think that they've stopped falling on the face uh you know over the past two weeks, albeit against the jets but the game against the chargers. I think that they've stopped doing that uh you know all of the multiple mistakes that they were doing. I don't think that this is, will happen or continue into this game that said. I don't think that this is a Panthers team that forces as many mistakes as other teams might when you're looking at them on defense. And so as a result, I think that aligns well with the Patriots being able to build an early lead. You know, even if it's just like a 10-0 or, you know, a, you know, an a early two-score lead that will allow the Patriots to force the the Panthers into being one-dimensional and in that case, I don't think that Darnold or PJ Walker will be able to take advantage. I think that this has the recipe of the Patriots being able to run away with it as because then they'll be able to run the ball heavily once they have that lead. And I, I think that Damien Harris in this offensive line is capable of tearing this Panther's run defense apart. And so I think that the Patriots will win this one. Uh, and I think it might be a, a little bit of a blowout here. And I know that it's on the road back to back, which is like a pretty big claim to make. But I think that if I'm the Patriots, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were able to win this one, something in the lungs of 33, and uh, in, in looking at the Panthers here, something like 14.
0: 33 to 14. I would love something like that. I prefer blowouts to close ones. It's easier on the old gut. So I will mark that down. I'll tell you, Rich, we've been picking the Patriots a lot to win. This season, and I'm happy about it. Um, and if things keep going the way they're going with this team, I don't think we're all that far off in our in our homerism. I think there's a lot of optimism surrounding this squad, and I'm very excited to see the second half of the season how it unfolds. Totally, and I,
1: I imagine that this will be a very good turning point for the Patriots. Uh, you know, as as they move forward to here, uh, they have a Browns team that is a little bit reeling. They have a Falcons team that's not very good. A Titans team that will be without Derrick Henry that will still be in search of an identity. So. They have a pretty favorable schedule over the next four weeks. And so if, if we're coming out of this next quarter-esque of the season and they're at, you know, 8-4 and four or 7-5, and five, I think that they will be in fantastic position with closing games against the Colts, Jaguars, and Dolphins uh, to make a real push for the playoffs.
0: The only problem, Rich Hill, is that Dolphins game is at Miami the last <laughs> week of the season. It doesn't matter how bad they are. I still have nightmares about going down to Miami in December.
1: Yeah, to be fair, it's only Tom Brady that struggles in Florida, right? He's not found That's any true. success in the state of Florida <laughs> ever since he left. So um, we will continue to watch. We will hopefully uh, come out of this with a victory Sunday. Um, but Alec and I will be on passpublic.com breaking this down next week. Alec, do you have any final thoughts on week nine of the NFL season?
0: That right, should do it. Let's go Colts.
1: All right. Well, until next time, Alec, you have a good one. You too, buddy.
0: See ya. Later.